recording another podcast for the Cloud Avengers podcast channel. Uh, I'm joined by Udo Seidel. Now, we were going to record this last week in Edinburgh, but I ran out of time. Uh, so you've just come off stage presenting here at the Gloucester event here in London, decimated by the bad weather. You know, the last two days I've seen people just working from home rather than get trains into London. But again, you know, an enthusiastic crowd. Talk to me about all the stuff you've been doing with Amadeus as around the whole OpenStack integration, because I've got a lot of other questions that I'm going to throw at you as well. Okay, on the OpenStack part, we, we're just getting started. Uh, I'm heading the Linux strategy team there, and we look at all different things which is going on in the Linux community, not necessarily limited to the operating system, also looking at storage, network, hardware. UEFI. <laughs> as well. I keep my eye on you. I've been watching your, your presentations every time you put them on SlideShare. I've got them on a, on a watch list. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So, um, yeah, actually we started from, from the storage side. Actually, we did a proof of concept uh, by another team, actually, uh, to replace a traditional NAS, NFS-based NAS uh, with, with ClusterFS. And this is how we started with distributed storage, especially ClusterFS. And then later on, uh, there was a different, from a different uh, angle, there was the request for more infrastructure as a service provided by several implementations in OpenStack was one of the one which has a lot of press, there was a lot of marketing for that one. And we noticed, hey, this is integrated with, with ClusterFest. There's already things are going on. Some things are working, things are going uh, are being worked on, and other things are, are coming. And this is why we started looking looking at that one. We had already ClusterFest experience, yeah. and we had some, let's say, infrastructure as a service experience, and we wanted to combine the experience of both. But Amadeus, as an organization, you're very forward-thinking in the respect that you use a hell of a lot of open-source technology. But you haven't been idle the last two or three years. You appear at a lot of the Linux Targ events, and you talk about Ceph, and you talk about all the cool stuff coming out of Cluster, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you feel that you've actually benefited from being part of the Cluster community. I would say I would say yes, definitely. And actually, we, we could do more here. Uh, the way how it works with open source, it's always that uh, if you participate, then you can influence, uh, and this is very important for us. We have our business to run, so we won't use everything what's out there being open source, being closed source. Even. Sure. But the things we, we want to use, we also want to use it ideally that it fits perfectly our, our use cases. So we do participate several communities and open source is very good for us because then we actually can see, okay, what's going on behind the scenes. Now, you did uh, a presentation on UEFI earlier on in the year. Now, UEFI is one of these things that's come back to haunt both the proprietary and the open source world in the respect that Microsoft with their fascination on key signing and secure boot and all those cool bits and pieces. How do you see it panning out at the minute? How do you see it evolving? At the moment, I, I don't know on the data center part. Uh, it's a big topic on, on the desktop market, sure. Windows 8. But it's not necessarily a topic for, for the data center at the moment. Uh, especially the key signing part, this is heavily debated in the Linux uh, community. Being pragmatic for the moment, I'm okay with the Microsoft sure. approach. Sure, ditto. Yeah. I, I don't really care as long as it's actually an organization that does it rather than a disparate bunch of uh, 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 of people sitting in their pants in the open source community doing it. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's still debated. So I, I at the LinuxCon last week, I, I had a quick chat with Matthew Garrett, who was one of the main contributors to the solution, which the different Linux uh, distributions have incorporated. Yeah, I, saw, I saw Matthew. I didn't get a chance to spend any time with him. 
he spends less time now on on the topic. I, I talked to him on on, on that one. Oh. I, I think he probably got burnt on the with all the posts on the, on Linux kernel mailing list and stuff that I saw back in the day. Okay, so getting back to the whole ClusterFS thing, you understand both ClusterFS and also the Ceph story. Two storage technologies coming from completely different angles. So the Ceph coming from a block perspective and the cluster guys coming from maybe a file system perspective, very good at handling unstructured data. And that's one of the major boons to, to ClusterFS. But 3.4, that with all, all the LibGF API and the QMU stuff, that's been really beneficial to Cluster, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, actually, yeah, well, the Ceph part, they, I would even say they, they came from an object-based approach already. And this was already men also mentioned here uh, that cluster came more from the file system, file-based level, and 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 this of people from from the other side. Uh, they used uh, also this uh, library-based approach to talk directly to the storage engine uh, in the past. And for me, that cluster as took this approach as well is, is a big step forward uh, because the file system level is something you cannot really sustain in, in a scalable uh, environment uh, you have to either give up being POSIX compatible or you will give up on, on the scalability and the only way to solve this problem as far as I know at the moment is using interface libraries like, like libgfi API so this is a big step forward for me mm -hmm. um, and the next really big enabler would here would be if this is more integrated, for instance, into OpenStack. It's it's there already partially. It's it started, but it, it has to be more. I think as well as we move past Havana uh, and the Havana milestone three a month and a half ago now, next step towards the next greatest release. I think one of the problems that well, not to say problems, but an, a challenge that the OpenStack community, the OpenStack Foundation face is: what problem are they trying to solve next? You know, you, 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 quantum's become neuron. You've got neutron. You've got a huge amount of buzz around heat. You've got a huge amount of buzz around the whole software-defined networking with open daylight trying to come in as well. And I think, you know, when we were at LinuxCon last week, Linus touched on it, being a maintainer is a really difficult job because you're trying to work out, do I do the warm, fuzzy stuff or do I do the stuff that's actually architecturally right? And, and that's the same for cluster. We need to make sure that it's the right commits that we're bringing in as part and parcel of how we grow to three dot six. And I think the journey from three, from from three dot four to three dot five and three dot six is going to be painful, but also it's going to be very beneficial because you know it's not just the open source community. Amadeus, you know, you're actually a a trading company who have a huge amount of customers and a huge amount of daily bandwidth consumption, and you're actually using this at the cutting edge. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, log files are our, are our friend, but also it helps if someone's actually stupid enough to do this stuff in live and can actually tell us what a log file actually means in live staging, and you're actually doing it. Not everywhere, but sometimes. So there, are, well, there are different dimensions to this particular. You topic. only find out stuff by breaking it. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't phrase it like like, like this. Uh, well, part of our let's say testing before we go to production is that we really break things what we can can break and um, and then yes we make we want to make sure that if this happens in real life we call this unscheduled outages <laughs> unscheduled <laughs> outages okay uh, that that we can survive because uh, Amadeus has, has different let's say business lines and we have a few where they are almost real time so if we have a problem there then. 
aircrafts cannot depart, people that sure. queuing up in air, uh, airports, and this costs a lot. This costs a lot of frustration. You can't afford downtime. No, we can't. We can't. Yeah. But you you mentioned at the start of this podcast that you know it was look Clusterfest was looked at as an alternative to a t- traditional sand type environment. And the emergence of Ceph and also the emergence of ClusterFS at least must be giving some of the EMC storage guys some sleepless nights, I hope, because all of a sudden we can understand what we're doing with our storage, not just having to go and buy more disks. We can actually get under the hood and see what's going on. Absolutely. And uh, some of the traditional storage vendors, they also came up with their own cloud storage solution as, as well, which is basically based on, on the traditional approaches. Uh, for, for companies like us, this is a big step forward, software, software-defined storage, because we can get rid of the storage vendor login. So we yeah. can replace uh, storage vendor A by storage vendor B, and we can actually we can use all the processes we have in place to buy hardware, to buy software. There's nothing we have to in, in, invent new, and it makes us free from, from them. I think, you know, back in the day, one of my major problems was, when do I need to go and buy another Clarion box? You know that was it, it, on my tech refresh list. It was how long would the storage that I had, how long were the disk going to be spin, spinning, and, and what was my average disk size, spindle size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now I can actually understand what impact it has on my business, and also what am I storing, what type of data am I storing, and how efficiently am I storing it. And I think that helps greatly. Absolutely, absolutely. I think monitoring how much capacity you have out there is a challenge with distributed storage. This is actually easier on central storage where you have only a few places to look at that one. Um, and this, as I said, this is a bigger challenge for distributed storage, but you can plan plan much better. You can buy boxes in advance and only a few boxes. You don't have to go for entire Clarion or even, even higher, exactly. more expensive storage arrays. Uh, you can plan more granular if you want to. You can also still go big step forwards and buying 100 servers to extend your, your, your NAS storage. But it used to be such a huge percentage chunk of my IT budget storage. And now, although it's still you know figuratively a large percentage of of any spend at least i've got a handle on it right no absolutely absolutely uh you are in better control what you do what you buy and and how you spend the money yeah you thanks very much for making time to be on the podcast thank you